Hey, good morning, everybody. Happy Father's Day, especially to the dads out there. I'm here in my backyard on a, on a great summer day. I hope whenever and however you're watching this, it finds you well. And uh, the sun does something, just increases my happiness quotient by 10% easily. So uh, let's get into it this morning. Last year, I watched an HBO miniseries and it was based on my favorite graphic novel which is one of the nerdiest sentences that's ever come out of my mouth it's called the watchman and it actually introduced me to this real life historical event of the uh of the tulsa black wall street race massacre in 1921 which you may have heard about more recently in light of black lives matter movement anyway um a line that kept coming back in this series, and this was pre-COVID, it was something to the effect of, don't trust people in masks, or uh, people in masks have something to hide. So now here we are in a season of uh, mask wearing. Thank you, Kathy Rothery, by the way. I said, I'll have the blackest black one because that's what Johnny Cash would have worn. And who doesn't love the man in black, right? Yeah, well, we are now in a season where our neighbors, our co-workers, the people uh, walking down the street are wearing masks. And by the way, it's, it's something I absolutely am supportive of. It's the loving response. It's not about you contracting the disease. It's about you not spreading it. Uh, it's the other centered, compassionate, Christ-like response. But um, here's something happening subtly in our interactions directly related to COVID. Have you noticed this? We are crossing the street to distance from people, you know, to avoid people. Um, people are in masks, traditionally something you know, associated with bad guys or people you can't trust. You, you can't read their expressions or their facial nuance, which is most of what communication really is. I, I pick up on this subtle shift of, of seeing our neighbor as our enemy, right? The very opposite of what our, our Lord Jesus Christ discipled us against. You know, it makes me wonder what sort of long-term effect uh, this has on loving our neighbor well, you know? And we were already maybe part of the worst generation for engaging with neighbors, you know? A lonely generation, an isolated generation. Uh, a generation that does more online than it does in person. Um, a generation that doesn't tend to gather like it used to, a generation that sort of pulls out of its garage, goes to work, pulls into its garage, and you know doesn't really know our neighbors. And so I'm posing more questions than answers today. I'm asking you to wrestle with what God might be wanting to say to us relationally about our role as, as parents, as husband, as wife, as son or daughter, brother, sister as someone who lives in a community with others, neighbors on a street, co-workers, 
at a workplace and as someone who lives in a community of faith with others through a place like New Market Alliance, what is God saying to us and through those roles and relationships? Because uh, I don't have to tell you, this is a unique time. We are apart from other and it's thrown all sense of community and relationship into disarray. I know of actually many couples in the NAC community who have met their significant other, someone that they are starting to date, and then a pandemic broke out, and they're trying to figure out how to build a relationship in the middle of sheltering in place. And if they end up being together forever, they have quite an origin story. Uh, our friends uh, Craig and Jessica got married last week. Uh, these circumstances were not how they got engaged, right? This was not the wedding they pictured. Not that it was bad. From all accounts, it was lovely. But they had to quickly adjust their expectations. And their receiving line was a lot less hugs and a lot more honks. Hey, happy Hi, couple. Hello. Is it done? It is done. done. It's for realsies? It's for yep. realsies. <laughs> good, good. Aren't they cute, huh? Now, on the other side of things, I know um, we already spent four or five weeks talking about marriages in the midst of Corona. But can you imagine marriages that were in the process of going through a divorce and now those couples are quarantined together? Let's get a little deeper and a little darker. I read the biggest fear among social services and police has actually been realized in this quarantine and that's the inevitable spike in domestic violence. Yeah, the Secretary General of the United Nations is calling on world leaders to make it uh, a part of their response to the pandemic, um, to give a message, you know, to not hurt your family. Don't hurt that child. Don't hurt your wife. In South Africa alone, there was a surge of 90,000 reports of domestic violence the first week of the lockdown alone. Uh, calls to helplines are doubling. In Australia, Google noted a 75% increase in online searches for help with domestic violence. Maybe someone watching this is getting a little convicted in their spirit right now. And men, at NAC, I'll tell you, we just won't stand for it. Not here. We, we will treat it like the offense that it is. And we're not going to whitewash it or excuse it or sweep it under the carpet. We love you. We want to help you. But for the sake of your spouse and children and for the sake of righteousness, we won't stand for it either. Now, some of you have uh, tuned me out because this doesn't apply to you, and I'm glad it doesn't. But apart from physical harm, man, we can wound with our words, can't we? 
I suspect some of you watching right now, some of the deepest wounds that you are living with are the words spoken over you by someone who was supposed to be loving and encouraging and supportive. And I wonder if during this time of increased uncertainty and stress, uh, have homes filled with derision and cutting remarks? I mean, do we even need to guess what God might be saying to us here? Like it has to end, it must end. Some of my deepest burden right now, and I know it is for Pastor Chris, is for parents with children in the middle of this pandemic, parents who have to work and also now teach and entertain and often are left to do it all alone. Man, you are just heroes. Uh, I know you love your kids and it's probably the case and, and, and okay even if you don't necessarily like your kids right now. But listen, being thrown into a situation as family, into a house together, is not an excuse to attack. It's a call actually to relate lovingly and patiently with one another. And maybe even to have that love break out of the home and extend to everyone around you. That, that could be the vision in this time. Um, you may, you may have seen this letter floating around on social, but it's said to have been written by a woman in 1869, a woman named uh, Kathleen O'Mara. Now, 50 years later, when the Spanish flu pandemic broke out in 1919, it was said that her words went as viral as things could go viral back then. In essence, it was the casting of a vision of what the pandemic could hold for the world. It was a, a dream for it. And here's what she wrote. And people stayed at home and read books and listened and they rested and did exercises and made art and played and learned new ways of being and stopped and listened more deeply Someone meditated, someone prayed, someone met their shadow. And people began to think differently and people healed. And in the absence of people who lived in ignorant ways, dangerous, meaningless, and heartless, the earth also began to heal. And when the danger ended and people found themselves, they grieved for the dead and made new choices and dreamed new visions and created new ways of living and completely healed the earth just as they were healed. Hmm. Well, and so as long as we're talking relationships, um, most importantly, what does God want to say to you through all of this about your relationship with him? You may not be ready to hear this and certainly may not be ready to believe it, but millions of Christians can testify to the fact that a relationship with God, His presence and His power has altered their life. Marriages that seem beyond hope that have been restored. Long, 
habitual destructive patterns of behavior that have been broken. Um, finances have been straightened out, difficulties in the job that have been overcome, parenting challenges that have been met. History hinges on this resurrection of Jesus. And, and it matters in 2020 because it reveals to us that the power of God is there to change our life. Listen to this. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Could it be that now when God has your attention like never before, he's inviting you into that new life, into a relationship with him through what Jesus did? And if your answer is, yeah, I believe, I believe he is, but I don't even know what step to take. Can I tell you, it's just one prayer away. And it's a prayer that might just say something like this. Dear Jesus, um, I know that I need your forgiveness. I believe that you came to earth to die for me. You rose again. And now I can have new life. And so I want to ask you to come into my heart and live. I want to trust you as my forgiver and follow you as my leader. Amen. You know, you can pray that prayer or something like it and make this day, day 90 whatever of the pandemic, the most life-changing day of your life. So listen, whatever God wants to say to you, I would listen to every word. He may never have your attention like this again, and you may never be in a position like this again to hear his voice so clearly. Which is why next week, we're going to look at a, another dynamic of this, what God might be wanting to say to us personally through this hard time. You got sick or a loved one has died, you lost a job, and it raises three really personal questions. Why me? Why this? Why now? So next week, we'll, we'll take a look at what God might be saying to you in and through that tough time, through that trial. Okay, let me pray for you. God, I wanna thank you for our dads. What a tough job. What, a, um, what an insurmountable job, actually, if, if not for the power and the presence of our Heavenly Father, our good, good Father, Abba God, Daddy God. Um, I pray that you would empower every man, equip them, to uh, to lead like Jesus, to love like Jesus, to um, be filled with something other than ourselves and our selfishness and our pride, but to be filled with the Spirit of God so that we can lead well and love well. I pray, Lord, that our relationships with others um, would have the mindset of Christ, that we would not view our neighbor as our enemy, that we would not view our family as a burden, that we would not look at our coworker as somebody to endure, but to actually love. For all the ways that this pandemic is making us suspicious of others, uh, and nervous of others, and seeing others as the enemy, I pray, Lord, that you would replace that 
fear with abounding love for our neighbor, for our spouse, for our children, for our coworker. And God, for the one today who, who needs to renew their relationship with you, maybe you're saying in this time, can you hear me now? Can you hear how much I love you and care for you and in pursuing you and invested in your well-being? I pray that they would truly hear you now. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, do you know that you're a loved people? I mean, can you can you feel it? I hope you can. I mean, I'm not there to hug you. I'm not there to look you in the eyes and and uh, love on you. But I, I hope somehow even through through camera, you, you, you know that you are loved. I, I think God has given me uh, a great love for the people of Newmarket Alliance Church. And so know that you're a loved people. Thank you for engaging today, even if it's in a small way, even if it's just by um, watching what is happening at, at our church. I think it's good to be able to do that, to, to be able to feel like you are connected to the, to the life of the church. Listen in on what everybody else is listening in on and, and, and be part of the conversation. How much better though than just watching church is it to go and be the church? Go be the church. You're a love people. God bless.